0: Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly.
1: About a week late here on the program, but uh, of course you 've been hearing the, the the past really probably the past uh, two, three weeks or so uh, in Catholic circles anyway, this is of course. Um, the anniversary year of the apparitions at Fatima. Now, it, it, I know we have a number of uh, non-Catholics that listen to this program and people that happen into it, and so we are going to explain what all that means to you today. I think we have the perfect guest to do that on the program, uh, and uh, you, you've heard him on here here before. It's been a while, though. Bishop Edward Grosch, our auxiliary bishop of the Diocese of Buffalo. Welcome back. Good. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, nice to have you back down here. So, um just just so people are aware um fatima is a, is a personal thing for you Right.
0: Exactly. Well, I can say as a priest, I had actually, and also as a bishop, conducted about six or seven pilgrimages from the Diocese of Buffalo, Fatima, Portugal. And of course, I think a lot of people have questions about so-called apparitions, whatever. So I would just like to share with all of our listeners the whole idea of where the church is relative to an understanding of Mary, because some people think we worship Mary. We don't worship Mary, only worship the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Actually, the technical term is called uh, indeed, worship that is given to the Lord called Latria. And then, of course, we have technically in what we call Mariological terms or the study of our Blessed Lady, Latria, which is devotion. And for Blessed Mary, it actually uh, should be Dulia, which is an hyperdulia, which means a special honor that we pay to Mary. She is not part of the Blessed Trinity, she is uh, certainly very important to us as Catholics and Christians because of her role as being the mother of Jesus. And so always when we talk about any apparitions or an understanding of our Blessed Lady, we have to understand Mary as being the one who always leads us to Jesus. As any mother would be so delighted with her children, to talk about her children, Mary's so delighted when we go to Jesus because that's the whole point. We have a principle in Mary devotion called adiesum per mariam, to Jesus through Mary. So when we look at our understanding of Mary, if Mary does not lead us to Jesus, then there's a little problem, right? That's there. Right, or, okay. exactly. And that's where the apparitions come in, where, again, uh, as you know, you may have read in the paper, every so often uh, in the past, people having apparitions of Blessed Mother in their backyard or in a screen door. Whatever it might be, I was
1: in Florida and saw that the, one right that looked yes, like on the window. I, did, you know, it was interesting. Well, it's wonderful say. imagination, sure. but right. always right. the church has right. to
0: be very, very careful to provide. Proper, authentic devotion for our Blessed Lady, and the most important thing is to understand that Mary always leads us to Jesus. So that leads us to the idea of many apparitions that have gone on within the life of the Church, it's, and even most recently.
1: Yeah, and let me just clarify for folks. So um, when we talk about, and I want to make sure that, that we relate this to that too. Obviously, there are there are certain things in terms of our Catholic devotion. To marry um things like the Rosary and we have certain novenas and those kinds of those kinds of things all part and parcel of of the same thing we're talking about here, the exactly. same theology. And
0: right, and all those devotions link us back to the sacraments, especially yeah. the Holy Eucharist. Okay. So That's very good. Okay. Then, of course, we talk about all these apparitions taking place. There are certain of these apparitions. We know through the years the church has studied very carefully. So we think, for example, about the 100th anniversary of the appearances of our Blessed Lady to these three children, uh, to Lucia and Jacinta and Francisco. And again, the church took time and checking to make sure this is something that is truly authentic. When we talk about an apparition, it's actually our Blessed Lady appearing to individuals, in this case three children. And we can, of course, always relate these apparitions to the scriptures to make sure that the content of what our Blessed Lady says is not contrary to the gospel of Jesus or anything that would be new that we would not already know through the Proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus to the Church. So, in this particular case, we see these three children who indeed had this experience of Our Blessed Lady in several apparitions, the Church finally studying very carefully the actual content of what Our Blessed Lady said, as well as looking at the source of that information coming from these children. The whole process coming to say that this indeed is something that is authentic. It certainly in its experiences itself leads us to Jesus and to an appreciation of Christ, of the church, of the gospel, living the gospel value. So we kind of keep that always in uh, – mess- and of course, what is the message of our Blessed Lady at Fatima? Uh, Basically, when she appeared, she had talked about praying for the conversion of Russia. But as we look at the key message, it's basically Mary calling us to prayer and penance. Prayer, why? Prayer, first of all, because that's our communion with God. The Lord speaks with us, we speak with the Lord, and through prayer we grow in holiness, especially the most beautiful prayer of all, the prayer of the Mass, the Holy Eucharist, as well as devotional prayer and prayer in community. And secondly, calls us to penance, which really is a part of the gospel when we open the the Scriptures, and we look at the Gospel writers, the very beginning of the chapter of uh, for example, Matthew and Mark, Jesus appeared and said, "Reform your lives, do penance, okay, Penance in the sense of really looking at ourselves, controlling our uh, sensitivity to holiness of life, avoiding sin, avoiding things that would be contrary to the gospel of Jesus. And actually, uh, I composed uh, the English hymn, as those of you who may have been to Fatima know that there's the regular Fatima hymn, and I'll sing you the melody, but it's always in Portuguese. So I kind of came up with my own version, and I'll sing just one verse, which emphasized what I just said, the message of our Blessed Lady to the Three Children for Prayer and Penance. To three children, Mary came one day in May, called them to, to penance and prayer every day. Ave, ave, ave Maria. Ave, ave, ave Maria. So again, prayer, penance through Mary coming to Jesus, and that was the message of the three children. And of course, as we know, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, just recently was there at the what we call the Capellina, which is basically, as you look at the shrine and the beautiful piazza, that gorgeous basilica, it's to the left, and actually that site is where the home oak tree was, uh, over which our Blessed Lady appeared. Unfortunately, Uh through the years, after the apparitions were authenticated, people were chopping off it, so there's nothing left of the homewood oak except the roots. And actually, there is a beautiful marble, then column, over that area, and there's little slots there where people can give their petitions for a for, uh, person who needs uh, guidance relative to alcoholism or someone who is ill or whatever, to give that to the caretaker, the priest, and you put that in the slot, and those go right down into that column, and above the column is the beautiful original statue of Our Lady of Fatima. Interestingly enough, if you look at the crown, the crown itself has a bullet in it, and that is the bullet that St. John Paul II gave to Fatima because, as you know, it was on May 13th that his assassination was attempted. And he believes, it's to our blessed lady, that he was spared. So in that crowd is that bullet that had attempted to kill him. Again, showing, it was St. John Paul II, his devotion to Mary. As we know in his motto, All right, it was totus tuus, which is basically from the true devotion uh, of St. Marie de Montfort, which is giving myself totally to you, O Mary, and totus tuus sum, I am totally yours, Mary, that coming through Mary give yourselves totally to Christ. And so, as you would see, even to this day, as you go to Rome and you look to the right of the piazza, the papal apartments, when our Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, was our uh, vicar of Christ on earth, he had a beautiful mosaic painted right there, painted, actually placed in there as a mosaic is done, not painted. And you will see, of course, the cross and beneath the cross, actually Our Blessed Lady, again showing how Mary was beneath the cross and how Mary leads us to the cross and to Jesus
1: and to live the Catholic Christian life. Uh, Bishop Edward Grosh is our guest on Western New York Catholic Weekly this week as we talk about the anniversary of the 100th anniversary of the apparitions at Fatima, Portugal. uh, Let me just relate uh, – just just follow up on on your description of apparitions and Marian devotion, maybe just to uh, place it in the context of – Catholic life, and and um, like in terms of the the things that are um, essential. Let's say I hate, hate, always hate to use the word required, but you know Catholics should go to mass every it's Sunday. A good point. Catholics should good have point. their their you know have their confession heard regularly. Excellent, those kinds of Excellent. things. So um, you know Catholics don't necessarily though need to believe that Mary appeared to three children at Fatima, And that's
0: the point. First of all, we're talking about what we call private revelation and again the private revelation that is authenticated by the church is indeed private revelation that really does reflect the gospel teachings of Jesus and the teachings of the church. So technically it would not be this acceptance of Fatima is not something that is of the essence of the faith. Do people have to really accept it? No, they do have to accept the assumption of our Blessed Lady, uh, the the dogma of the Holy Trinity. In other words, we're talking about that. This is not a dogma. This is a beautiful devotion. And again, the point, as I indicated earlier, these devotions are they're the part of our Catholic piety. A lot of people sometimes they're probably, it's the mass, the mass, the mass. Right. The mass is the center of our lives, yes, and the proclamation of the word of God. But we have you know devotional candles, we have the rosary, we have novenas, uh, we have uh, the holy pictures, uh, we have statues. All of these uh, sacramentals we call them, and these devotions are there to kind of feed us because they're all part of what I say our, our devotional life and and should we say uh, our, our sense of the senses. And, of course, when we think about our Blessed Mother, I mean, it's like talking about, oh, Mother, I mean, how do I describe my mother in 25 words or less? I mean, I can write something out. You can never completely describe that. And that's why we have the beautiful litany of Loretto. I've composed uh, a litany myself of the different titles of our Blessed Lady. You can never exhaust (laughs) expressing... Who this blessed Mother is, as we have so many titles of Our Lady, and that includes also Our Lady of Guadalupe, another authenticated kind of apparition, uh, Our Lady of Barang, Our Lady of Bonang, uh, and other devotions. That indeed, Our are, are, are Lady of Lords, another beautiful example. Where Mary is emphasizing the healing presence of Jesus. Huh? As we go there, they have the beautiful baths. Although I have to say, in Fatima too, they have to the right of the Capilita, which is really to the left of the Basilica, also just the water that you can have. It's isn't like the water that flowed for Bernadette Subaru and Lourdes, okay? But again, bringing us back to the idea of what? Our baptism. That Mary doesn't bring us back to herself. She puts us by. Through baptism, we become part of the church. Through this water that is blessed and that we are washed, our sins are washed away and we truly have this relationship with the Lord. And how Mary must be pleased when through any devotion we have for her, we come to her son and we live our Catholic Christian life and we evangelize and we bring that gift of faith and the gift of love as she, Jesus Uh, She gave Jesus to the world. She didn't give Jesus herself at the Annunciation, She gave Jesus to the world. That's what we do. We receive Jesus every time we go to communion. We receive Jesus when we uh, reflect on the word of God. We don't keep him to himself. We give him to the
1: world. We bring him to others. And how pleased she must be when we do that. You're listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly. I'm Greg Prince. Joining us today on the program, our auxiliary bishop, Edward Gross, here in the Diocese of Buffalo. As we discuss really, last weekend, the uh, uh, 100th anniversary of the first apparition at Fatima and a significant event on that anniversary – as well, right? Bishop, right, exactly. because two of the children right. are, are now um, saints. saints. And, and I we, remember when they You might want to blesses. clarify what that means, too, Well, first us, of all, so just to go. say when I visit <laughs>
0: Fatima, what you would actually do as you go into the basilica proper and go over to the left of the main altar, you will have the actual tombs. Mm-hmm. To the left is the tomb of Jacinta. To the right is the tomb of Francisco. As we know, our Blessed Lady also appeared to Sister Lucia. Sister Lucia, one of the visionaries, of course, died several years ago. Yeah, very recently. would so be under. We Understanding why she would not be a sure. saint or a blessed, well, a blessed saint, well, first we talk about making of saints. It's the Church that does that, again, following the lead of the Holy Spirit. And basically, it's looking, as a church looks at each individual to be considered holy and for what we call beatification, becoming blessed and eventually becoming a saint, to look at their actual character, to look at their total commitment to Jesus, their life of holiness, and also what they have taught and shared relative to whatever message they received. And in this case, both Jacinta and Francisco, again, very simple individuals, you know, really leaving their faith, a real kind of simple kind of a faith, huh? But truly, in the messages of our Our Lady bringing people to Christ. And so we can see then why, through uh, the course of time since their death, and both of them suffered untimely deaths, both of them suffered terribly, uh, as well as the idea that they were kind of put on the hot seat relative to all the in- right. Inquisition. Is this really true? Are you making this up? Is this a hallucination? Is this your imagination? What could it be? All right. But then one of the signs is, first of all, for Blessed, a miracle. And so there have been miracles actually attributed both to Jacinta and Francisco to get them to be blessed, or we call beatification. And now another miracle, again, studied very carefully to be a miracle, not something that after, you know, two years, the person who is supposedly healed is not healed. So the church is very careful about apparitions, very careful about any kind of miracles or any kinds of situations that could be questionable. And so finally, through this entire process, Jacinta and Francisco now are declared saints of the church. And what does that mean? Do we pray to the saints? Well, yes, we do, as we pray to people important members of our family who have died, and we still feel their presence in a very special way. But in reality, the saints lead us again to Jesus, just as mary we call Mary, St. Mary, our Blessed Lady, leads us to Jesus in the most important point. And they don't lead to themselves. And that's where we get to some of these uh, private revelations that have not been approved, where individuals who supposedly have these apparitions are tooting their own horn and putting the spotlight on themselves. That's one of the first signs that you know there's something wrong, <laughs> that this is not authentic, this is not real. Jesus, point to Jesus, point to the teaching of the church. Or again, some of these private revelations Criticizing, you know, for example, liturgical gestures um, in the church, for example, uh, in Agarabad. You know, I mean close to us in the Diocese of Brooklyn with Veronica Loykin that our Blessed Lady said whoever would put the host in their hand for communion the hand is committing a sacrilege. Our Blessed Mother would say that. Well, we know our Blessed Mother is not into liturgical directives and she wouldn't contradict what her son's church has said. So these kinds of things we need to be very cautious and, and very careful. I'm, I'm always, Even that window that you saw, you know, is that the Blessed yeah, Mother yeah, on, the on the window? Of the bank, oh right, or no, yeah, I've I seen, mean, you know, just, yeah. the story she's on the screen door, or sure, our Blessed yeah, Lady's I, on a potato chip. I, I mean, you know, just use your common sense. Again, the focus is always on Jesus. Yeah. And the word is Christocentric. If our lives are not Christocentric, there's something wrong. If our mere devotion is not Christocentric, whether uh, a blessed lady or devotion to Saint Anthony or Saint Jude, whatever the focus, these are our means to go to Jesus, as Mary says in the uh, in, in the Gospel. Okay, uh, do whatever He tells you. So it's Mary's power of intercession. Okay, Jesus is the one that
1: works the miracle, not Mary, not the saint. Well, and interesting about these, I mean, they were children. I mean, they were, and they were very simple. I mean, they were exactly. you know, farmers, and, and you could visit was, their uh, homes right today. Yeah, when you when which you go, I go, okay. yeah, yeah, you did that. Um, these messages, I mean, they are it's just not something they could have made up off the top of their head. Oh, that. not at all, not at all. And I even mean, as you go to visit Fatima, what I love about Fatima, I've been to Fatima Lourdes
0: and several other uh, places of these uh, approved apparitions of Our Blessed Lady. It, it's quite a there are several sites, okay? First of all, as I said, the Kapalina right there over the homo tree where Blessed Lady uh, indeed uh, did appear to the children. Then, of course, you have uh, Villanoche as you go to Villanoche, and that's a whole area. Actually, it's about the third station where Blessed Lady would appear there. It's the whole 14 stations of the cross that are actually... Uh, uh, erected by the uh, people of Hungary, in fact, when you get to the very final station, uh, you go up actually there 's a chapel there dedicated uh, you know to uh, uh, it, I should say in memory of the Hungarian people itself, Saint Stephen uh, himself, and then you go up the stairs and you have this beautiful image of Calvary with uh, The beautiful crucifix and then, of course, Mary and John and this beautiful panoramic view of all of that specific area. Of Lydia, which is, we technically say Fatima, but it's really Lydia, the Diocese of Lydia. And again, the whole point is uh, c- going to confession, you know. In other words, you just don't go on pilgrimage. Pilgrimage is a very beautiful, you know, again, a devotional kind of thing. A pilgrimage is there to lead us to prayer independence, to lead us closer to Jesus. Right. It's another opportunity to grow in holiness, to look at our lives, to see. Are we really living the commandments of the Lord? Are we really living in the spirit of the spiritual corpus of mercy? Where do we need to change to receive the special graces, again, through the intercession of Mary, and, of course, through Jesus acting within our lives through our Blessed Lady and the well, children?
1: Well, and in, in, in you certainly have seen through your, your pilgrimages and your, in your subsequent devotion to um, Fatima, uh, you've seen the fruits of this particular devotion, and and you've kind of felt the experience personally yourself, right?
0: That too. Even when I was the uh, Director of Pilgrims for the Diocese of Buffalo for the National Shrine of Immaculate Conception, I would take three busloads of people, 140 people, going to the beautiful shrine of Our Blessed Lady uh, in the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C., which is our tribute to Our Blessed Lady who is patroness of our country in the lady of Magical Conception. And again, a full day at the Shrine, the opportunity for holy hour, the opportunity for confession, the opportunity for Mass. We tour the church, and it's more than just a, a touring place. All of those beautiful mosaics, frescoes, everything, all teaching us about Mary, but teaching us really about living the Catholic faith. And the same thing with the several pilgrims I took, uh, a number of them being with teenagers, believe it or not, teenage boys, And I'll never forget the one (laughs) we had gone into the basilica and we're celebrating mass. And, of course, uh, uh, we had uh, uh, a young fellow who's playing the car and these young people are singing. And all these Portuguese people are coming like this is a miraculous experience. What are these teenagers doing here? You know, and then we'd be praying the rosary and these people going by. These are teenage boys praying the rosary. What is this all about? You know? But they were just so in tune with that beautiful experience. And, of course, I had several pilgrimages with adults. But, again, seeing the fruits of, you know, what it was like when we first got there and then later on. It's also interesting on this pilgrimage of Fatima was kind of the birth of the uh, wonderful – Work that is going on at the Saint Luke Mission of Mercy, because on one of those pilgrimages, Amy Beatos was there. We just finished praying the Rosary, and that's what Amy said. You know, Bishop Blessed Mother told me she wants to buy Saint Luke's Parish. I said, "You sure?" The Blessed Mother told. Me maybe you better go back there and find out. No, uh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Well, that's all history now, and it's sure. about almost twenty well, years and, the existence um, of, of Saint Luke Mission of, 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 of Mercy. Of course,
1: uh, and they've heard this. Our listeners have heard this story on the on the program before. Uh, Amy and Norm from St. Luke's met on one of your pilgrimages. Exactly. They were there. And Norm
0: was the one who played the guitar when I would (laughs) take the young people with me. So it just says, again, how our blessed lady brings us all together. And that's what's so beautiful because she's our blessed lady of every culture. The Hispanic people have their own. The Polish people. Everybody has their own image of Mary. Why? Because she is mother of us all.
1: She is our spiritual mother and queen. Uh, now, I'm, I'm going to let you go, but the, um, the apparitions uh, 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 it took place over the course of several months on the 13th of each month. Exactly. So as we go forward this year, that's going to be a significant date as well. Definitely for month. the full year. What, what do you recommend for folks um, as we progress through this kind of jubilee year of the Fatima apparitions? Well,
0: first of all, again, to understand anything with Mary – through Mary you come to Jesus the other thing in light of the significance of this our Holy Father is granting a, a special indulgence a plenary indulgence to all of those who visit a shrine of Our Lady and of course in our diocese we are pleased to have really the counterpart how convenient <laughs> how convenient Rice, and it's a basilica shrine of Our Lady of Fatima the Rosary and the wonderful Barnabite Fathers of community and I've been there many times and I conducted pilgrimages there so right in your own backyard even during the summertime you if you wish to just get in the car and go up to Youngstown. Uh, the shrine is open daily. All you do is go on your, the website, uh, look for the hours the, when the store is open. You purchase various articles that can be blessed there. If you don't have any kind of sacramentals, uh, opportunity for confessions, the priests are available they again are. and again and again, uh, visiting the actual shrine itself, uh, touring all of the uh, different saints where they're representing all cultures because, again, we're a universal church, one holy Catholic apostolic church, of all the different nationalities and group, all focusing again on Mary, Mary leading us to the altar representing Jesus himself. So uh, I would say that's a beautiful opportunity. The other thing is uh, just kind of revisiting yourself and your own relationship with Mary. Is Mary really very personal to you? Is she really a mother to you, a spiritual mother, and to ask, uh, how did Jesus love her? How does Jesus love her now? Does Joseph love her? Do I really love Mary with the heart of Jesus, with the heart of Joseph? And uh, then, again, even to look in your own parish for de- devotions, for Saturday devotions, other devotions during the month of May, uh, the crowning of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the month of October, the month of the rosary. Again, if you put your rosary away, pull out that rosary, because really, as John Paul II reminds us, it's a gospel prayer. Again, all of these devotions lead us to the prayer, to our faith, to the church. So if you love Mary's, I just spoke to people at St. Mary's in Warren's right, about 80 people the other night for a presentation with a little try. And basically, that one title in chapter eight of the Council of the Church because Mary is part of the church, the most perfect disciple of the Lord, and the title is The Role of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God in the Mystery of Christ in the church. So the triangle, you love Mary, you love Jesus, you love the church, you love the church, you love Mary love Jesus. You can't separate those at all. You can't say you love Mary you don't love Jesus. You can't say you love Mary that you love the church. <laughs> those three have to come together, and that's what the fathers, the 2,400 bishops in Rome, and proving that particular wonderful document, Lumen Gentium, the docu- document on the church, with then Pope Paul VI saying as he gathered in the Basilica of St. Peter with all these 2,000 more bishops I will now declare Mary Magda Crazy mother of the church and those 2,400 bishops stood up and applauded for five minutes she is our mother she is mother of the church she is the most perfect disciple of the Lord she is the one who excites us to really live the virtues that all of what Jesus asks of us is what we should be doing well, I can't
1: help but think that you are one of her favorite sons, Bishop. Well, so. I hope when I get to heaven,
0: she'll say, listen, I got a special place for you. <laughs> very good, very good. Bishop. Hopefully all of us have a special place.
1: <laughs> Bishop Edward Gross, Auxiliary Bishop of the Diocese of Buffalo, thanks for spending some time with us. Thank on you this any beautiful time. beautiful day in May. The right, month the month of, of Our Lady, beautiful. Uh, as always, our podcasts are available on our uh, website. You can go under the News and Information tab at buffalodiocese.org or on the namesake of this program, wnycatholic.org on the radio. Page. I'm Greg Prince. I'll be back with you next week.
0: You've been listening to Western New York Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org.